it's hard to make friends in this industry. Oh yeah. Um, because everyone, well, I won't say everyone, but a lot of people, and I'm just being really candid, they feel like you're their competition. And for me, it was a totally different feeling because us hairstylists, we have a camaraderie. We go to the hair shows together. We see each other, you know? So I was running my business from the perspective of being a hairstylist. We have a different type of camaraderie versus the experience that I've had with other manufacturers. So whenever I can, you know, talk to a fellow manufacturer and share information and things like that, it makes me feel excited to be connected. My name is Shasity Stevenson. I've been doing hair for over 11 years. As you know, a woman's hairstylist means more to her than just doing her hair. Over the years, I've put my therapist skills to the test. The salon is a place not only for personal venting, but also for discussion of current events amongst a community of women. So if this chair could talk, this is what it would say. I really appreciate everybody making it happen. It was really important to me to get some founders of some Black-owned beauty brands that I use on a daily in the salon. I think the ability to connect like, and put faces with the products is super important. So again, thank you, ladies, for joining. I'm just going to have each of you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your Black-owned beauty brand. So we will start with you, Crystal. Okay. So the name of my company is Lux Therapy, and I'm a hairstylist. I've been a hairstylist for... Ooh, 25 years now. Earlier on in my career, I did a lot of extensions, a lot of weaves, a lot of weaves. And so my brand took a shift. Um, Originally, I created it um, specifically for women that wore hair weaves um, because they just couldn't get to the scalp and uh, maintaining it was difficult. And, you know, so I created a product called Scalp Soother. And from there, I just build on the brand. And for anybody that doesn't know what the scalp soother is, oh my God, <laughs> your favorite product. <laughs> In love. My son is like, he fights me over that thing. I'm like, no, leave it in my shop. <laughs> so I knew you guys would appreciate getting to speak with Crystal because I own and Eleanor are clients of mine as well, as well as friends. Oh and they can appreciate the scalp soother. So love it. Yes. So, <laughs> oh, Crystal. <laughs> All right, Ellen and Ione, tell us a little bit about Rucker Roots. Okay. Um, my name is Ione Rucker Jameson, and me and my sister Ellen started Rucker Roots um, back in 2014 um, because we've always believed in loving our natural hair texture and types. And we had, at the time, young daughters, and we wanted them to embrace and love their natural hair just like our mother had taught us back in the day to, you know, love our natural hair. So we started our vegan, it's 100% vegan, and Mm -hmm. um, it's for all hair types and textures. And Rucker is our maiden name, and Roots is because of the root vegetable oils in our products and because of our strong family roots. So that's how we came up with our name. Yes. Yes. So as I mentioned, both of your products, if you walk into my salon, they are highly recommended and not only recommended, but also used. So I would like to talk a little bit, Ion and Ellen, you said um, the difference between uh, you guys and Crystal and I is that you are not hairstylist. So how do you feel that has helped or like hindered breaking into the beauty industry? I think that it's super important to have that 
background. And so when we initially started our brand, we reached out to a lot of salon owners um, to use the product to make sure that it was a great quality product that could be used in salons. And so we did go after that, um, that recognition through salon owners first before we even presented the um, product to, you know, retail partners. So that was very important for us. And I think that, you know, as non-stylists, you know, we did have, you know, a history of loving, you know, um, natural products from our mother, um, doing kitchen concoctions. Um, myself, I love to, you know, do little mixing and, and different things and actually, you know, experimenting with different kitchen concoctions in our home, you know, for my girl's hair. And, and so I think that, you know, that was um, very important for us to get the um, recognition and to get the approval of salon owners. But we also had a true passion for hair care even um, before then as well. Right, right. Crystal, how do you feel like being a hairstylist and in the industry, how has that helped facilitate the growth of your business? Obviously, you get to use it on a daily basis, but do you feel like you had, you know, any edge you think being in the industry or is it still like everybody has to put in that work? I mean, it's the same drive that's needed. We all have to put in the work, but as, as you and I are hairstylists, we kind of see the problems firsthand. And we deal with them on a day-to-day basis. And that's actually how I started my brand. Do you do weaves? I do. You do? So you already know. I do. Like just the yes. difficulty of getting underneath to make sure the scalp is clean, the beating their heads. <laughs> the clients are using anything possible to try to soothe the itch. So for me, and I was a weave wearer at the time as well, it was more like, I, I searched to find something originally. It wasn't my plan to just create something. But when I couldn't find anything, I was like, but the problem needs to be solved. I know as a hairstylist, other hairstylists are feeling the same way as I am. So it really was more like a, a way to solve a problem that no one else had solved. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely can agree. Um, I've actually had an experience. This was before I was ever introduced to your product. I had a client that she had a weave and mm-hmm. she was saying how she, she would get, I don't know if you ever do yours with like the net on top. Some yeah. of them mm-hmm. um, prefer the, the, you know, the hair net. And so she preferred that because she wanted so many bundles added, but at the same right. time, it, the, she was restricted to getting access to her scalp. And um, she would just like dig, like she would have scabs everywhere. Yes. And it would, got to a point where she was complaining about that she was having bleeding. And um, like when she washed it, she could see blood. And I was like, well, you need to come back in because something's not right. And yeah. what was happening is she had actually broken the skin, yeah. scratching so hard. We took the hair out and she had a, a staph infection yep. oh my God. from using the fingernails like I mean she's the bacteria a little the bacteria she's a a little background she was a lawyer she was going in and out of prisons and things like that so I mean just think on a regular basis the things that are underneath your nails but she was scratching so hard into her scalp that it broke the skin and developed a status yeah infection so you know the use and the ability like to prevent a lot of things comes with this product so i definitely agree that seeing the things firsthand and knowing that there's a need and you know it's all about supply and demand so 
thank you again <laughs> for <laughs> helping us in that department. So I know, Crystal, you said um, you've been a stylist for over 25 years. How long ago did you launch your hair care product? Well, the Scalp Soother, I launched it in 2012. Um, okay. And it was really funny. It was quick, too. I uh, Once I decided to create it, my mm -hmm. clients were guinea pigs from that point on. I literally thought about it and said I was going to do it in March, and I had it in May in July. So I was mm. really serious about having it done. So, but now it's been eight years. Wow. That's mm -hmm. amazing. <laughs> that is. That is. Ellen and Ion, you guys said it was, did you say 2014? Well, we actually started like formulating and, um, you know, meeting with a cosmetic chemist probably a couple of years before we launched, mm -hmm. but we okay. did a soft launch in 2014 and then we did our hard launch in 2015 on our um, reality TV show. But I could say that it took a good, you know, two years prior for us because we, you know, were formulating products right. and, you know, shampoos and, and those kind of things. Finding um, chemists, yeah. different chemists. We went through probably two or three different chemists to, before we got the right one just so. to make sure some people when they form a hair care line they may do it from the kitchen and you can you know have the products but we knew that we needed mass production automatically because we were going on a reality tv show and so we knew that we were not going to be able to you know mix and bottle and all that right. stuff ourselves. So it was very important for us to find someone that could handle, you know, doing the, you know, mass production and someone that we felt comfortable with, you know, putting, you know, our brand name on uh -huh. products. So it took us a couple of years before we could actually, you know, put our product out. And, you know, it's been steadily growing. We started, like I said, online, and then we, and you know, salons. went into salons. Mm -hmm. And then we, um, just the last two years, we've been in retail stores. So it's been a, you know, a slow growth, but, um, and it has not been easy, but um, it's right. rewarding to see, <laughs> to see your product on shelves. And um, right now we're in the process of just making sure we stay on shelves. And <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And continue so Right. So you speak of mm -hmm. like the challenges, you know, to getting the product, you know, mm -hmm. from the birth of the idea to actually having your product in hand. I know that can look differently for different people and different, you know, products. But what would you say if you have to tell me your biggest obstacle? Because a lot of people always see I say you always see the glory, but there's a story you know, that comes behind it. Everybody, you, you see the product on the shelf or you see, you know, the celebrity, you know, endorsing the product. But like a lot of people don't know the blood, sweat and tears and the up all nights and right. the, is this going <laughs> to happen? And is anybody going to buy it? The worrying that goes on behind it. So what would you say has been your biggest obstacle, you know, throughout the whole process of developing, you know, your black hair care brand? I'll start with Crystal. Okay. Well, for mine, once I introduced the Wet Good products, I did introduce a line with also shampoo, conditioner, and, you know, scalp treatment. Did you, you've seen her products? Oh, nice. I have oh, to yes. send you some. Yeah. Yeah. You so I understand what the ladies are saying, you know, going through different chemists and testing and retesting, and then the samples aren't, aren't the same as the batch. Like all those things, they were challenges. The scalp soother, Actually, it just was really effortlessly once I figured out what it needed to feel like, um, mm -hmm. 
what material I wanted it to, you know, have and how I wanted it to feel to the scalp. My second hardest challenge with the scalp soother was knockoffs. When I came out the gate, it was like, I was <laughs> every time you turn around, yeah. um, there was someone trying to create a product like mine, but luckily I have the fortitude and the information to get a patent. Mm -hmm. So the patent has really protected my ability to stay selling it for so long without it being, you know, overtaken by, you know, who and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, where. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I've been pretty blessed in that regard, but getting that patent did uh, provide protection for me for the uh, scalp soother. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Ellen, <laughs> What would you guys say has been your I, biggest obstacle? I think I would agree with Crystal. Just the, um, you know, you taking your idea and making sure that your idea is um, exactly what you want from the co-pack or the manufacturer. Just that whole process of, you know, making sure that you have a quality product and making sure that, you know, all of the things that you want in the product and all of the claims that you want in the product can, you know, be replicated and mass produced. I think that that's huge. Yes. Yeah. And then it's with COVID. I'm sorry. Just Go ahead. With COVID, we've had a very big obstacle of getting our bottles and things like that. And just the supply and demand has been really hard to keep up just because of all of the, you know, issues to do with COVID and not, yeah. um, you know, just, yeah. yeah. COVID right. is a whole different monster. Yeah, I, I oh, oh my gosh. No, we can get into it. We can absolutely get into it right now. It's, it's happening right now. So, I mean, I wish as much as I wish we could put yeah. it on the back burner, we can. Absolutely. So, um, how would you say as far as obviously, how have you overcome like some of the obstacles that the pandemic has thrown as far as, you know, whether it's receiving your bottles or have you seen a decrease or increase? Because I know people are spending more time at home and caring for, you know, self-care is even bigger than ever. So have yeah. you seen an increase or decrease as far as um, your products are concerned? Well, I'll speak for Rucker Roots. Um, for us, you know, the biggest obstacle, like I own was mentioning, is the bottles. Because um, when COVID hit, you know, we're in the midst of, you know, going into a lot of different retailers and making sure that, you know, we're prepared to go into, because our season to like go to our biggest trade show called Cosmoprov um, is in July. And that's when you present, mm -hmm. you know, your new products to all these retailers. And so, and obviously that was canceled. So, yeah. you know, it basically sets you back almost a year um, for, for some of these retailers because mm -hmm. they're not doing resets on their um, shelves. They're not doing new, you know, product calls. They're not, you know, seeing new products because they're just trying to, you know, make sure that the products that they have are going to sell throughout the year because stores were closed mm -hmm. and all of those things. So those aspects of the retail business have really affected us just because, you know, we're just starting to see, you know, retailers start to look at bringing in new products and bringing in, you know, some of the newer items that we have. But also going back to, you know, the supply and demand chain, ingredients, bottles, mm -hmm. caps, all of those things that we normally could get, you know, in the United States very easily just calling up and, you know, and placing the order were put on hold because 
so many manufacturers, so many companies, they wanted to focus on hand sanitizer and cleansers and um, things like that. And so they weren't making amber bottles. They were only making amber bottles if you were filling it with hand sanitizer. They, you know, and that's the color of the bottles that we, we were making. And, or if you wanted to order, you know, normally we order a large amount of bottles. They were like, oh, no, we're not going to run that bottle until November. And we're like, wait a minute, we need this bottle yeah, like, right now. Right, we don't right. need this bottle like in November. <laughs> so, you know, in May, they're talking about, we're not running your bottle again until November. So I'm looking at all my suppliers and saying, okay, now what do I need to do? I had never sourced anything outside the United States. And so I started looking at other countries, uh, you had to be kind of creative with, you know, making sure that everything that you needed to, um, you know, bottle your products that you could get. And so fortunately, you know, we found other means of getting the bottles and the caps and, and everything, but it was very stressful. It was a very stressful um, time for us and right. our online sales skyrocket. So our supply, you know, we wanted to keep up with that demand. We wanted to keep up with that demand, but then we were nervous supplies. about our supplies because we still had retail partners that we had to supply as well. So it's just a balancing act and trying to balance that inventory balance, you know, your supply and demand and, you know, the whole COVID thing just threw a, a complete wrench in our manufacturing and, and all of that. But thankfully we've come out a little bit stronger, a, you know, a little bit wiser on how to get some of those things that we normally just relied on to suppliers for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Crystal, um, did you have an influx of inventory already? Like, were you prepared or like, did you experience you know, any of these? Because the, the opposite of the ladies, my the scalp soother is manufactured out of the country. So I was already, you know, having to import and I still experienced some of the challenges with packaging. If you notice, I went to a simpler packaging that I could do in the States because I wasn't able to get my packaging from my manufacturer overseas. So you just make adjustments. I I understand exactly what they're talking about now because the scalp soother is an original design. I have a mold created so I can only order from my manufacturer where my mold is there. I need to talk to you. I got a patent (laughs) on something that I need a mold made and I need to talk to you. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure that we both can share information. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. What I have found is hard to make friends in this industry. Oh, yeah. um, Because everyone, well, I won't say everyone, but a lot of people, and I'm just being really candid, they feel like you're their competition. And for me, it was a totally different feeling because us hairstylists, we have a camaraderie. We go to the hair shows together. We see each other, you know. So I was running my business from the perspective of being a hairstylist. We have a different type of camaraderie versus the experience that I've had with other manufacturers. So whenever I can, you know, talk to a fellow manufacturer and share information and things like that, it makes me feel excited to be connected. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you need to know, right. I will tell yeah, you. It is, it is <laughs> and likewise, Chris, it is super competitive. You know, we go mm-hmm. to these shows mm-hmm. and it's very competitive. And you know, we are friendly people, <laughs> and, and right. you know, and we want we embrace 
a lot of, you know, different people, but it's very competitive. And I mean, and honestly, I can understand to a certain extent, but you don't have to be, you know, nasty about it. So. Girl, to a, to a certain extent. Certain extent. <laughs> because everybody's competing for shelf space. You know, everybody's right. competing with retailers for shelf right. space. And once you're there, you don't want to, you know, be knocked off mm-hmm. that shelf, you know. But that comes from you doing the work that you're supposed to do for your brand, not from anybody else coming in and saying, oh, you know, I'm better than you. That just comes from, you know, what you're presenting and what yeah. and how you make yourself special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Speaking from having um, to put the work behind a brand and being hit with a pandemic and how to come out on the other side. Well, I know Ellen and I don't know, but I recently opened um, my salon suites, first black luxury salon suites in Charlotte. So oh, okay. it has Congrats. been, thank you. It has been a labor of love as you know you ladies know but I think there are many entrepreneurs in my position it's like you know you talked about how you you know started and you know whatever year and how many years before that you kind of you know were manifesting the baby and trying to figure you know what the upcoming you know years would look like and I'm a big mover in silence like I feel like I have this perfectionist type of it's not great all the time because, you know, sometimes it can hold you back and, you know, you want everything to be perfect before you launch and it has to be this way. And to a certain extent, you know, yes, it needs to be, things need to be in order, but at the same time, great ideas are forever evolving. It's something that I've learned. And Mm -hmm. so what would you say to um, someone like me or, you know, entrepreneur in my position to like know that it's going to be okay. Or, you know, like, you know, these times are hard for everybody, you know, but, you know, there's something on the other side that, you know, you will be greater, you'll be better, like, we'll all make it out, you know, okay. I'd love to hear what you would tell someone listening that might be in that position. First, since you've been doing it (laughs) all of us. (laughs) Right. Yeah, way more experience. Different for me in a sense that when I created it, the scalp soother, I wasn't necessarily trying to create a business. I was like, oh, I'm going to make this for my hairstylist friends and we're going to be able to shampoo these weeds. We're going to be able to provide a better service for our clients. And Mm -hmm. then their clients wanted it, then other hairstylists wanted it, and and then it just grew. It just kind of took a life of its own. So I got spoiled. But (laughs) then when the transition started to change from the weaves to more natural styles, it was like, Hmm, I have to work now. So um, you just have to understand that you're going to go through highs and lows. Um, and if the product is a good product and you continue to just try to put it out there, people will be receptive to it and they will support like you. I mean, I'm really grateful. I knew your name off top because in the beginning I was doing all the orders. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I remember that name, you know, <laughs> but I would say that, as long as you put in the work and you stay positive, I think that you will be okay. You have to believe that it will be okay because I've been through retail and out of retail. And, you know, like I said, I've had these endorsements and TV stuff and, and then you have it and then you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So in, in the midst of the lows, you just have to stay faithful and stay optimistic. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So ladies. I piggyback off of that. I mean, we've had some lows. We've had some years where, you know, things have happened in our family where we just didn't feel like going forward, but kept 
pushing and it's going to be lows, but you know, Chassie, you have a beautiful building and is in a Thank great you. location and you know, and you're the best hairstylist in Charlotte. So Yay. I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm sure. Well, thank you. If you just stay focused and faithful, like Crystal mm-hmm. said, that it will, you know, it's just trying times right now with COVID. Absolutely. And we're still able to thrive. You're still able to open suites. You know, you're still, mm-hmm. you guys are still able to attend Cosmo, Cosmo. I mean, you couldn't because it was canceled, but you were prepared to do so. And that's right. a great feat for a newer manufacturer. So I feel like that's all we can do right. at the end of the day. I mean, it's almost like a couple of times when I have felt discouraged, I'm like, I'm in the middle of the ocean now. What you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can't turn back. Right. So you have to go yeah. forward. I think that it's also important, you know, I, I feel you on, you know, being a perfectionist and, you know, stressing about like everything has to be perfect. And I don't know the exact quote that Mark Cuban always uses, but he says that perfection can um, destroy innovation or something. I don't know. That's true. That's, yeah. That's, that is true because I remember when I started, um, <laughs> When I tell you this was grassroots, this was simply a solution solving endeavor originally. And so once I started to ship them out, I was handwriting, you know, and I, and I know what package is supposed to look like because I received a lot of them. And I know what I was sending out to people didn't look as pretty, but it was like they want it. I have to do what I have to do until I learned how to have them shipped. And then packaging, like we were like trying to find stuff just to put them in to ship them out. If you order early in the beginning, the packaging sucked. Like, but mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. wanted the product. And I was like, okay, so what? Oh, and then when I first started, the comb didn't have the embossing. It just had the print on there so you shampoo like three times and it was gone so that's how the (laughs) evolution of the product started because there was no indication of where it came from but because the curve is also what signifies is a lex therapy but it's also the only thing that makes it work differently from a pick this is this is the this is the thing right here so um i didn't know yeah you did and if i would have let the fact that I didn't know how to perfect things from the beginning stopped me, I would have never started because I was, yeah. this wasn't my, my area. And, you, know? and you, have to, you have to give yourself mercy and grace that, and, uh, and be able to evolve and grow. And yeah, so, true. You know, yeah. And so I think that that's the biggest thing for me telling you, I mean, you have a beautiful salon or anybody out there that's right. starting out. You, you have to give yourself, you know, room for growth and not so, you know, not so rigid on, you know, oh, it has to be this way before I launch or it has to be, it's I mean, true. it's never going to be exactly perfect. Yep. Like you and you learn, to- you learn from the mistakes. Like yeah. when you get in there, mm-hmm. how, how many yeah. suites do you have? I have 10. So I wanted Ooh, to start right, more girl. boutique style. I didn't want to be have anything too overwhelming. But that's you know what's right. going to happen? Uh, I also owned the salon for 15 years. And then I stopped it when I started Lux Therapy. And then I got another one. So mm-hmm. what I know to be true is you learn how to make things better by seeing what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You'll constantly be in positions where you'll see something like next time I'll do it like this. Or starting on the first, I'm going to do it like this. Like you, mm-hmm. you have to be in it, I think to be able to make it perfect because you don't know what perfection is until you don't have it. That's right. You know, so I agree. The main thing I've told people that have asked me, you know, 
because I think sometimes, like I said, from the outside looking in, you know, you don't see everything that's going on behind closed doors, but it's just, it's a journey. It's Mm -hmm. a journey. And you just have to embrace the stages as, you know, they go. And like you said, give yourself grace. You know, everybody, you know, there was a time when I would read like the Forbes list and I would see like how many people like didn't even graduate high school, you know, or didn't graduate college. And, you know, it's like the possibilities are endless, you know what I mean? So just know that and just keep going like don't give up and so, don't so. compare yourself to anybody else mm, oh, yeah. because yeah. i you know i'll i'll get in that that rabbit hole of comparing social media I'll, yeah social media social media oh we need to be doing the this devil. or we need to <laughs> we need to do this or we, right. we gotta we gotta do this or or why don't we do it your journey is totally different than anybody else's journey and so right. that's right. that's major you know um, your mm-hmm. growth is going to be your growth, not, you know, compared Someone to somebody else, else that started at the same time as you, you know? Right. Um, that I, is true. Yeah. I think that that's a, a big thing and a, sometimes a, a joy killer, you know, when you start mm-hmm. like scrolling Compares. and comparing and you're like, okay, no. You mm-hmm. know, they say comparison is a thief of all joy or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So stop yourself. Yeah. From doing that. Mm-hmm. yeah. I need to use that quote. I think that might be my Monday motivation. Right, it is. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It definitely can be if you if you allow yourself, like you said, to go down that rabbit hole. But I think it's each person's journey is what makes it special, and it what is what makes you you. And nobody can do you like you can. And I believe that you know in everything that I do. So we've discussed the obstacles. I want to talk about like some of like the biggest moments that you felt put you or your brand on the map? Like, what was that turning moment for you? Crystal, we'll start with you again. Okay, so you know what happened? I was in my salon. It was like the last week before I closed. And I was questioning whether or not I should, but Lux had got to the point where I needed to get help. And I had to make a decision between my salon or warehouse. Mm-hmm. And I was doing my client, one of my longtime clients, and she was like, I can't believe you leaving us. I can't. Blah. <laughs> and so we're watching the TV and we're watching the reel. Minding my business, I'm curling her hair. And so there was a segment about their favorite things. And so um, everyone went through their favorite things. So Tamar had her wigs and I don't remember what the other ones did. And Lonnie Love was like, ladies, I got a comb and yeah. it's my friend crystal haynes mate now backstory I met, <laughs> I met lonnie love at a comedy show and yeah. so me and my friends were on the hustle to see how many of these we could get into celebrity hands right because um everybody just said oh such such need that such such need that you should get one her. you know so <laughs> that was like the fun thing that we did on the weekends right i love so, it so um, we saw at a comedy show and i wasn't able to talk to her but I had wrote on the back of the ticket I was like hi my name is Crystal Haynes I create this product I know you wear weaves you know try it I think you'll like it and that was that no contact information didn't put a card so there was no way she could have told me anyway right unless on social media that's what I thought I was trying to get a shout out on Instagram or something so anyway I'm curling my client thinking small my friend ah. Crystal Haynes, she created this, it. It's like a pick, and it's called Scalp Soother. And I just, and she started using it on my. I almost burnt my client. I was like, I, just, <laughs> I love it. That was so good. And 
the social media started to, but Twitter and, and things like that. And I was like, okay, God, thank you for telling me that it's time for me to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So that was one of my um, things. <laughs> and so you wow. went into a warehouse right after that? I did. Wow. I did. I did. So like I said, it hasn't been all roses. When we talk, you know, I'll let you know. But um, <laughs> at that for that season of this journey, that was what I felt that I needed to do based on that confirmation. Wow. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, ladies? I think one of our moments was when Robin Roberts, who is the oh, yeah. host of Good Morning America, mm-hmm. her hairstylist, Petula, loves, loves, loves our products. And they asked us to be on Good Morning America on Deals and Steals. Oh. So I think that was the, like one of the, like, oh, we might have made it. We made it. We might be on Even though you had already been on TV, you'd already yeah. been on a major network. Right. That's a huge stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was huge. So. And we've been back two, yeah. two more years. Like, we've been, been on three years Three in years in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. That's amazing. So, That's that amazing. Good. Yeah. And another you guys- one was when we got into our retail. When Sally's and Target first, you know, decided to pick us up and put us on shelves. So we were yeah very excited about that. So mm-hmm. yeah, seeing your product on shelves because you all, you know, when you make a product, you always like, okay, I, you know, um, we really want to be in this retailer or this retailer. And Target was really one of our retailers that we really wanted to see our products in. Yeah. And to walk in the store and actually see your product on shelf and actually see your product moving off a shelf. Right. That's like really good feeling. Yeah. 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 Now, Crystal, you said you've been in retail and you've been out of retail. So are you currently in retail? Well, right now I'm a bit gun shy. Um, I am in retail. I'm in beauty supplies throughout the, um, okay. the United States. Um, okay. But I'm not in major. I was originally in Sally. Okay. I, was and, say, I thought um, I remember you guys being mm-hmm, in Sally. Yeah, we did Sally. And so um, I wasn't ready. You know, the person who was persuading me to go in, of course, you're excited, like, you're, and it's something about, I mean, the wet goods for me, they're, you know, okay, fine. But when you actually create something yourself, and it works, and then to see people buy it, I feel like I have more of an attachment yeah. to my scalp silver and my wet goods, although I do like them, you know, mm-hmm. but everything just happens so fast. And I didn't come from like that type of business background. Again, I ran a salon, I did hair. So mm-hmm. everything was just kind of dropped in my lap. And so it was like, okay, well, if you think it's good enough, then okay, let's do it. And that was the whole purpose of the warehouse situation. I literally left one business and went to another one and I still hadn't left my other one completely. And then I, I, I learned everything through Google and experience. You know, it was, mm. it was, so there were a lot of things that I didn't know that I wish I knew now to the person who um, I went with as my distributor to just a lot of things that if I knew Mm -hmm. then what I know now, it would have definitely been a a better outcome. But again, like I was saying before about the highs and the lows, you don't know what is good until you've had bad. And so for me now, I'm kind of focusing on my allegiance on salons and stylists. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller grow, but I feel like I resonate more with them because I am one. And I also, you know, sometimes when you create something for a particular reason, as it gets bigger, it kind of goes another way. And I try to, you know, be careful with the line between 
having it used for other purposes, but not losing the original reason why it was created in the first place. So right. I'm grateful that it's such a crossover product that the natural hair community has taken it and told me how to use it. You know, mm -hmm. so from that perspective, I'm really grateful. But as far as like major retail for me right now, I'm good where I am right now. And, you know, once I grow, you know, throughout the, the beauty supplies, mm -hmm. and then I may consider major retail again, because yeah, that's the money when it's the money. But when it's not the money, it's not the money. And I know <laughs> you guys know <laughs> what I'm talking right. about. So you are yeah. absolutely right. Right. So when I'm led there, you know, I'll consider it again. I've had offers to, you know, show again, but I haven't. I'm, I'm a bit gun shy. And so I feel like it's what I'm doing right now is working for me. And I just want it to be a normal progression, like to the point where it's just so out of control that I have to put it in other places, you know, so I'm just letting the distribution lead me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would have mm -hmm. to say that I think that from my experience using the product in the salon, like it's nothing like that emotion <laughs> that using you know, that comb, you know, Alyssa's <laughs> in a client, like it's an instant seller as soon as they mm -hmm. feel it, you know, and I've and even had that, clients. Yeah. But it's a blessing and a curse because just when you look at it, it's very unassuming. It's like, oh, it's a pick yeah. until mm -hmm. that thing you so use good. it. <laughs> and then it's like, oh my goodness. So, you don't um, want it to stop. You don't want it to stop. And so that's, mm -hmm. it doesn't like shelf appeal, no matter how cute you make the packaging. Yeah. A person who's never heard of it or felt it before will assume, oh, it's just a pick. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like this is the type of product that you have to experience. And exactly. so, you know, you can't sample. You can't put this in a bag to let somebody sample. So that's what right. makes this a bit different from, you know, right. wet it. goods. Yeah. Well, I've had clients say, like, I don't understand why every hairstylist doesn't have one of these. It's definitely not limited to uh, clients with weaves because I, right. for me as a stylist, the selling point is that I don't have to, like, overwork my shoulders and back as much. So yeah. if I can just, you know, do a simple motion and hit all the right spots, then, I mean, that's a plus for me. And um, I think I saw you guys on your recently on social media, but I also use it for my clients that have curly hair to pick out. So it is definitely yeah. a multi-use item for me. So I think that, like I said, a client experiencing it is, I mean, it's an instant right. seller. And that's the thing. It's like, how do you sample the experience? You can't really sample the experience. So that's also a difficulty in regards to um, mass retail. If you don't know about it, you just don't understand. So yeah. hopefully this year and the near future, I'll be blessed enough to be in particular situations where I can get more exposure mm -hmm. for it so people will know it and once they see videos or things like that that's what helps sell it you know mm -hmm. so yeah so you know it's, it's still like I said it's been a while now but I still have much more to do and more mm -hmm. to grow and that's why I'm saying like you just you just have to keep going you know the yeah. product kind of kept me going every time I thought about you know, I went through some periods with some people and some copies and some court and things like that. Um, and then you think celebrities, too, like the people that you look up to, you know, but again, another, another, <laughs> another show. But um, a couple of times I was like, you know what, this is too much. And uh, the product, it just kept going. Like, I couldn't stop it now if I wanted to. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I'm grateful to be in that space, you know. So it's like those who love it. I have like a cult following. 
Mm-hmm. But in order to do really well in retail, I have to be able to sell that experience prior to being able to sell make it translate. So that's something, that's something yeah. that I'm working on right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the end, ladies, if you had to say like at the end of your road, where would you want Rucker Roots to be? Like what is ideally, what is your end goal for Rucker Roots? Or is it like, you know, let's just see where this goes. <laughs> What do you say? Have you you guys thought about it? My goal for Rucker Roots, and it may be different for Al, but but my goal for Rucker Roots, I really want the brand to be an internationally known brand. Um, I want to- That's my goal too. (laughs) I want to continue our growth here in the United Mm -hmm. States and, um, you know, expand it to more retail stores and um, more retail partners, um, and then eventually go internationally. And then I want to also make Rucker Roots, you know, a full line of products. Um, you know, right now we're hair care products, but I really want to go, um, you know, in, into a full array of, you know, products and services mm-hmm. and, you know, appliances, not appliances, I'm sorry, but like, um, tools. 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 Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank tools and just a lot of different um, avenues. I, I just think that there's an immense opportunity for growth in the hair care business as well as, um, you know, e-commerce businesses and stuff. So I've always said good. from uh, our goals are the same because I've always said from the beginning that um, I would love for Broker Roots beco- to become a household name. So, mm-hmm. you know, just to organically grow, like Ellen said, um, here and then, you know, we've had chances to go internationally already, but we want to do it very slowly. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe that it'll get there. I have no doubt in your ability to do that so I'm just waiting on the moment (laughs) what about (laughs) what about you Crystal what is your end goal Um, is it more of the scalp soother is it the wet line you know as a hairstylist um the I do enjoy having my own products to sell and use on my clients and um they do very well on the website but again um for me I'm kind of at a regrouping period where I'm trying to figure out what my new strategy of marketing is but ultimately the same thing as the ladies you know um Mm -hmm. international product which it is a bit international but you know more just more growth more distribution but I just want to make sure that the choices that I make in regards to distribution are good for the company and I'm not rushing things you know what I mean so um the same thing and then to create you know I have two daughters and mm-hmm. for them to see me grow literally this thing from an idea to an actual product, I think that hopefully it incentivizes them to start something of their own or mm-hmm. continue to grow, you know, Lux Therapy um, when Make I over. get tired of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, essentially awesome. the same thing. Just, just continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's well, one I, legacy for our children, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if this could be on the podcast, but no, you Yeah, you can edit it. But um, you can go on Shark Tank. You know what? I actually I submitted for Shark Tank and I got to the second interview and then there was nothing. So I did apply for it because yeah, that's all I need. Like a good because I've been on 
Tyra Banks had a show. Um, it wasn't very long lived, but it was Fab Life. Mm-hmm. And I did a segment with her. Um, it was a really funny segment. <laughs> it was really funny. And that helped a bit too. So just like you ladies, you know, you have the opportunity to be nationally seen on TV. So that helps with being able to grow. But when you, like Shark Tank would be perfect because I wouldn't really care about winning. It's just the exposure. Yeah, a lot of people exactly. don't even know that the product exists. And so mm-hmm. for it to be around it's a great for so marketing long. Tool. And yeah. we, thought about, we thought about Shark Tank. I mean, it's definitely not one of those things that we're going to say no next time it's up, but yeah. we've had that opportunity too, but mm-hmm. we just hadn't pursued it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I did, and it didn't get really far. So that's what I mean, like finding creative ways of marketing and also great partnerships to bring awareness. It would depend because some things like some reality shows. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, some really good um, national exposure, of course, is great. Um, It was featured in Essence last year, which was really good. So anytime you get big buzzes, they help. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you just need more ladies, you know, you just need more and more and more. And like Good Morning America is, is amazing in regards to the type of outreach that that can provide for your brand. So, yeah, that's the main thing. It's just for me, I haven't met anyone and a lot of people don't even know that I'm the owner you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I'll ask them like how does it feel how do you know it do you like it do you what is that you know like even Mm -hmm. in retail and beauty supply I'll walk in there and somebody be like have you ever tried that before you know and you're like oh yeah Mm -hmm. I said you got one or oh I have not yet met anyone that's like oh wood that doesn't like it everyone always has that same oh my gosh reaction so I know it's not the product it's the it's the exposure of the product I feel like that's for everybody, though, too. Yeah. We have that problem, too. I feel like, I mean, when you have a good brand, it's going to last because you have your following. But in order to, like, jump into that huge market and just really, because, I mean, we haven't gotten the magic potion to it yet either mm-hmm. because, you know, even hiring a marketing firm, it's expensive. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just a whole lot of, you know, different aspects of you know making sure that you have that mass market it's hard it's really hard it is hard you're trying to balance you know have that balance between you know influencers and you know having a firm and just all of that you know we're still trying to figure that out too Mm yeah yeah i think that's actually the hardest part in all honesty is marketing it oh yeah would you so I, I tell people throughout this process, obviously I've been a hairstylist, but opening a new business, like I have never had as many lawyers <laughs> in my life, like building <laughs> a team and like, you know, I tell people, I feel like, you know, obviously Crystal will understand like with clients, you're usually responding like either through text message, or, you know, I have online booking, but like the email chains with the legal team and I it's like I kind of feel like uh, super important because like oh we're not texting about it. this is business that's handled like through email oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. not <laughs> typical for you know a hairstylist yeah. so I have definitely learned the importance of like having the right team or the right you know key factors on a team like in building mm-hmm. a business so what would you say obviously you guys have spoke about like your marketing and you know publicists and things like that but who would you say are maybe the top three, like if you had to start out and spend the money, what have you found to be, you know, most effective for your business as far as building that? 
squad. Well, ours, ours is a little bit different from yours, but I didn't even think legal would be a very important part of mine. Again, mm -hmm. you guys have to understand, I was trying to scratch my weave. <laughs> and it just went, oh, no. You were trying to do You were trying to scratch your wings. My story is really interesting because, again, it was a learn as you go type situation. And mm -hmm. so, legal was very important to combat all the, um, you know, copy. they were just coming left and right. It was so many people trying to copy. So, legal and then your um, manufacturing because without that you have nothing and mm -hmm. manufacturers that you can you know trust and ones that you know believe in you and, and understand that you're kind of you know when you're building that it'll be greater later type situations mm -hmm. um that's really good to have manufacturers like that and then distribution you know distribution will make or break your situation i mean the team that you have behind you placing your product in certain places if it's not right, it can be an absolute disaster. So I think those are the three components. Well, I would say those three, as well as PR and marketing, legal, uh, manufacturer, for sure, mm -hmm. and distribution, and then PR and marketing team, which we just, I mean, we've been in business now for six years, and we just hired a marketing team like in the last month. <laughs> Mm -hmm. okay. so, so I mean because it's so expensive yeah so, it is but you know that's the final hopefully we're praying that that's like the final piece to our puzzle puzzle yeah, yeah. well like I said I definitely think like you know a lot of times people get going with an idea and you know I'm so grateful that pretty much every person on my team has come from someone that has sat in my chair you know mm -hmm. it was just the power yeah. of networking and like utilizing awesome. you know those resources from you know construction manager to you know commercial broker to like you know um, even just having like when I was first so I moved to Charlotte eight years ago with the hopes of birthing what I finally you know was able to do with the salon suite and I would practice like my pitch by watching Shark Tank, actually. I would watch and like, you know, I wasn't really into the show, but I'm like, you know, I can use like what they're doing and the questions that the investors, well, the sharks were asking and things like that to help me be able to like, like you said, as a hairstylist, we're trying to solve a problem, like we understand, but it's totally different being behind the chair and what I say is like being behind the computer or running it like is. the business, you it know, is. and not many people that you find can balance the two mm -hmm. and it's definitely a learning curve and it's just a whole different animal and so being able to be in the trenches and like learning and being a part of like I said those email chains and like not just handing that off to somebody else um that whole um what is it trust and verify you know mm -hmm. like being there making sure like um I'm not trying to be Tony Braxton or anything like that I'm not trying to be bankrupt and like signing off on things that I don't know what's going on so I definitely yeah. think that it's super important like from a legal perspective is use them as your life jacket put them on first and not have to need the raft when you're out there in the water about the sink you it know is, that's so. true just mm -hmm. anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just like, I mean, with your product, having your patent, having your trademark, having, you know, all of your insurance and, you know, just making sure that you have all those things aligned before you just jump out there. It's so important. Yeah. 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 It is. Mm -hmm. It is. 
So my final question to you ladies is how do you think you have managed to stay relevant or what do you think are the keys to staying, you know, successful and, you know, moving on up as far as your brand is concerned? Because it's, it's like you said, these good times come and go. There are new things that come out. I don't know how hard it is to hold like the attention span of buyers and things like that. So talk a little bit about like maintaining uh, relevancy. Yeah, I think a lot of relevancy is through social media, unfortunately. It is. You know, um, you have to stay active on social media and you have to be engaging with your customers and your clientele and you have Mm -hmm. to, you know, respond to their DMs and respond to their questions, respond to the emails and just always developing like we've learned with our, you know, natural hair product line that you always have to be developing something new. That's kind of a way of staying relevant too in our, you know, in our, business, in our world. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and that's hard too because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to get the, you know, the formulations right. You right. don't just put anything out there. So that's a whole nother beast um, in itself. So, yeah. I totally agree. Just making sure, um, yeah, just staying relevant on social media, um, making sure that, you know, you stay up to date with, you know, everything that's hot and new and just trying to stay competitive in the, in the game. I think that that is major. Going to yeah. trade shows. Trade shows. Mm-hmm. You have to do those. Um, getting out there being, you know, presenting yourself to different audiences and just making sure that, you know, there's so many streams, you know, with a product you have, you, you can go in the salons um, and, you know, and making sure that you have, you know, salon owners that you can maybe do education with on your mm. products and, yeah. you, know, um, you know, having classes to educate the, you know, stylists on the um, products. That's the one way that you can stay relevant with your salon owners, with your retailers, just making sure you have a nice um, public relations person that can, you know, always put your product, you know, to these editors and, you know, different people in the magazines and um, different, you know, um, magazines so that you can, you know, stay in those publications and then mm-hmm. you know just social on, media so with online and, and, and bloggers and, and trying to get the hands of um celebrities yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a lot to stay real <laughs> i'm telling you the product development is the easiest part mm-hmm. yeah. mm. getting the product in your hand is the easiest part yeah. everything after that is hard <laughs> wow and there's so well, that many definitely puts it in perspective yeah. <laughs> and then there's so many products out there that you're competing. and that's another thing with the wet good situation and staying true to yourself is a hard thing to do because for instance like my line the origination of it was for weaves right and mm-hmm. protective styles so it is vegan as well but it's formulated a bit stronger to combat the issues that women that wear weaves right. and you, you know, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. wear. And so mm-hmm. in order to be competitive within the natural hair, you know, because it is technically a natural product, but again, it was formulated for women to really get deep clean. It can be a bit right. drying to someone who doesn't have those issues. And so it's like, well, do I change my formulation so mm-hmm. I can mass market it to compete with the naturals? But then I'm like, there's so many brands already. Um, so the scalp soother is what makes my product unique. And then I have other products, um, tools that, you know, I have patented that I haven't yet moved on. So I think a part of it is just trying to be strong enough to stay 
even when you think something can be more profitable, but stay true to you so it, it doesn't lose its authenticity. I think that's I important. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I always get asked the question of like, you don't want to create a product line? And I'm like, ah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because I I look at, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm friends with Ellen and I own and I see how much work they put into it. And without being a hairstylist, I'm like, imagine me trying to, you, you beg me for an appointment to squeeze you in and to go and push, you know, products, even one product. I, I can't even imagine, you know, trying to juggle, you know, the two. So kudos to all three of you ladies for, you know, being able to sustain a successful black owned beauty brand. I think that is very huge, not only, you know, for the times we're in now, but also like you said, for building like a legacy and going forward and letting those, you know, someone who's listening right now know that you can do it. It's been done and it's not going to be easy, but you know, here are the tools, you know, that you need to, you know, just keep going. And so I really appreciate you, you know, sharing your stories and, Thank you all for listening, and I hope that you have learned something from Ellen, I own, and Crystal. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us.